0: Hello and welcome to Altair Love, a podcast recapping SCAM, its remakes, with its fashion, trivia, language, and songs. I'm Ben, and I'm joined with special guest Kat, better known as Olive Scam. Hi Kat, how are you?
1: Hi Hi, Ben, I'm good, and you?
0: I'm doing really, really well. I'm so excited to have you on this podcast as my special guest co-host.
1: I'm so excited to be here too. I've been waiting for this. (laughs)
0: The stars have aligned for this.
1: Okay.
0: So how did you get into SCAM and how did your website come to be? I want to hear the origin story.
1: Oh, that's a huge story. Well, I became a fan of SCAM during fall 2016, just when SCAM OG season 3 was airing. So yes, I got to watch it live. And I remember that after season 4 ended, we were already hearing about the remakes. And I wasn't really excited about it. I thought that nothing could beat D.O.G. Honestly, uh, the remakes for me, they would just be like a parody. But in 2018, Scam Italia season two came out and I watched it and I just simply fell in love with it. So then I had to watch the other remakes. Uh-huh. Then France came out. I watched it and this is when I realized that there were a lot of remakes and that they were really hard to find on the internet because mm-hmm. everyone was translating them and they were posted like everywhere. So I decided to create a place where I could find them all. This is when the, the website idea came up because I had seen the Scam website and they really inspired me. So I decided to create one myself. At the beginning, it was just a website for me. And I decided to publish it just in case it would help one or two people. And it ended up being like the Scam reference. So I'm really happy about it.
0: That's awesome and amazing. Especially hearing that you discovered Scam with the OG first. Because not many people discover it when it was originally airing. I'm really happy to be an OG fan. You and I. Yeah, I discovered it in season three too, so... I feel like, ooh, I was lucky to watch it live at that time. Absolutely, yeah. And hearing that you actually liked Scum Italia season two, because I know a lot of people are not fans of Scum Italia. So whenever Mm -hmm. I hear about another person enjoying it, it makes me happy.
1: Yeah, it was the first remake I watched and that's when I made the decision to watch the others. So yeah, it was really uh, the gateway to all the
0: remakes. Awesome. And I just want to take a moment to thank you. Merci for your amazing, amazing website. I am a big fan of organization. So to be able to find a website like yours that has not only the episodes, but you have the season updates, you have links to the actors and actresses, other projects. I am just astounded by the hard work that you put into this. So, again, on behalf of the entire fan, thank you so much, Kat.
1: Well, you're very welcome. I'm really so happy it can help people, to be honest. Like I said, it was just for myself. And I am so happy that now I can help more people watching Scam because it's just an incredible show. So, and about organization, I like when things are clear and I try to make it as easiest as possible for people to watch and the recommendation page that was a big add to the website it mm-hmm. became really popular and I'm always happy when people send me other recommendations uh, so I can just add them
0: I want to take a moment to talk about supporting you I know that you have a coffee account right
1: yes that's right
0: yes yeah, so. Please find Kat on there, donate to her because she's doing an amazing job for the community.
1: Thank you. That's so nice of you.
0: Thank you so much. Of course, of course. And another funny thing is that whenever I'm on like Facebook in like those Facebook groups or even on Reddit, and there's always someone that says, how can I watch Scam? Or even in my Instagram comments, I'm like, people, all you have to do is Google all of Scam. It's not that hard.
1: Yes, yeah, am. The funny thing is that I get private messages from people asking me where they can watch it. And I'm just like, well, if you found me, how can you not know where to watch it? (laughs) Like the link is in my bio and you can just click on it. It's written website. You click on it and that's it. You're on the website and you can find everything you need to watch cam there.
0: Exactly. And another thing I want to bring up, not to be negative, but... To the listeners out there, if you know anyone who is impatient with the subtitling, tell them to chill out. I've seen people messaging you and like when you repost people like who are just a little bit rude and it bothers me that you are getting those kind of comments.
1: Yeah, luckily that's not like all the messages I get. I get a lot of very kind and lovely messages and I'm so thankful for that. But of course, there are some people that just don't understand all the work there is behind all the translation we're doing, all the work on the website. And I think it's important to understand the work that is done because without the translator, we wouldn't be able to watch cam. In the first place, the original cam wouldn't have been international without the translators. So I think we need to be patient with them, like for a two, three minutes clip, It can take 20 minutes to an hour to subtitle. So we have to be patient because it's long. We're not always available when the clip drops. Sometimes we're sleeping. Sometimes we're not Mm -hmm. home. We just need to be patient and to be thankful once the translator posts the clip.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Show some gratitude, especially since like for you, for me, and for other people who are involved in the fandom in a different way this isn't our job, you know, this is merely a hobby, a passion project for us.
1: Exactly. Like I'm an university student. So sometimes there's a clip dropping during a class or I'm doing homework or I have a lot of other things to do. I live with my family on the weekends and summer. So there's always something to do there too. Like there's always stuff in our lives that prevents us from just doing that. And also we're not Getting paid for that. We're just doing it because we want to share scam with other fans. So, yeah, it's not our job. And some people just don't understand that or they think it's really easy that they can help, but it's a lot to understand like the software, how to download things, how to upload things. It's really like business. Mm-hmm. I had to teach myself everything, like the software, how to download things, how to produce subtitles. It seemed really easy, but it's not. There's a lot of details we have to check. I've been doing subtitles for about a year now, so I'm quite good at it right now. But at the beginning, I was just using some editing software. It wasn't even the subtitles of software. So... Yeah, I had to learn how to use those software, how to build a website.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, luckily, uh Google site is quite easy to use.
0: And I'm hoping these Scam Espana people won't come after you again.
1: Yeah, yeah. All the copyright stuff. This is really annoying. They mm-hmm. deleted the, the Scam Espana pages a few times. They even blocked the website a few times. But yeah, now that Scam Espana is over and that uh, I secured the links with passwords. I never had a problem since then. So I'm hoping it will stay like this. Uh, I finally found a solution for that. But yeah, that was really, really annoying to get those emails about, (laughs) oh, your website is blocked. Oh, uh, copyright uh, and everything. So that was stressful, really stressful.
0: Oh yeah, I can see how that's nerve wracking. At the beginning when Claire and I created this podcast, we wanted to include like clips and things like that of the show or like music. But we were like, wait a second, they could get us for copyright. And we were like, no, let's just not do that. Yeah. So I understand your fear or your, your worries when it comes to the copyrights.
1: Yeah, we have to be very, uh, very careful with copyrights because like I know what I'm doing is illegal. <laughs> I know it is. But I think that the work that the translator are doing is just too important not to share and yeah I'm just happy to be able to share their work I'm always crediting everyone I know that without the work of translator and the work of sharing their episodes scam would have died right right yeah it wouldn't be a thing we wouldn't have original seasons now Mm -hmm. it would just not exist anymore so I think translator and fans are a big part of why scam is so popular and I even got the new director of Scam France to thank me for my work and thank my team oh, for yeah. my work last season. So that was a big thing for us because it was the first time we would get like official recognition. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. we were really thankful, like really thankful.
0: That is amazing that you received praise from someone on the actual team. Yeah, because yeah. if you think about it, the fans and like you and like other people on Instagram, like, we're basically the marketing team for that. We're doing all the advertisement for the shows.
1: Yes, absolutely. We're the one promoting it. We're the ones mm-hmm. sharing it because there is no ad for Scam. Like Without the fans, a lot of people wouldn't know about Scam. So mm-hmm. we're the ones promoting it in our country with our followers. And also all the remakes are technically only for the country they're produced in mm-hmm. because they're mostly geo-blocked. Uh other countries so without fans sharing it the remix probably would die
0: and they wouldn't reach all of the countries around the world because i know this for a fact there are scam fans in over 100 countries because over 100 countries listen to this podcast
2: Oh, really? wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because we use this website called Buzzsprout and they have like analytics and things like that. And when you click on it, it'll tell me like where people are listening, how many countries and things like that. There's like 108 countries that have listened to this podcast. So that is a fact that over 100 countries watch scam.
1: At the beginning, scam is only for one country. So mm-hmm. if it's no international, it's only thanks to the fans, yeah.
0: That's right. Thank you so much for telling me about your scam origins and just, you know, having a really cool conversation about scam and the fandom in general. I, I, I don't get to talk to many people about that. And so it's just always fun to, to pick another person's brain and hear their thoughts about that topic.
1: Yeah, me too. Like, my brother can't hear about scam either <laughs> He's just... I can't talk to him about that. So I've been uh-huh. talking to him about that since like 2016. He can't take it anymore. So <laughs> there are very rare occasions where I can talk about scam with someone. Like Of course, <laughs> there are a lot of people DM messaging me about scam, but it's not like talking to someone really. So I'm really glad we can do that now.
0: Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, I get what you mean. Whenever I talk about scam to like my sisters or Jason, like... It's at a very like surface level. First, they have to wrap their minds around like, what the show is and the format, and then like when I try to talk about the characters or like certain themes, or like what? Oh, I'm like, oh, you, you just have to watch it. And, yeah, it and when takes a when while. you
1: tell them there are a version of that show, they're like, why? What, what is happening with that uh-huh. show? I
0: right, know, yeah. So, but you know little by little we're gonna get them where we're gonna turn everyone into scum fans right, shifting gears a bit i now have the claire comparison question for you the first one is are you older or younger than taylor swift
1: well i'm 21 so i'm younger than taylor
0: swift Uh, you are and in one year you can sing her famous 22 song that she has
1: Yeah, that's true. Oh my God. I hadn't thought about it, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
0: And the second Claire comparison question is, have you ever been to Scotland?
1: No, unfortunately I haven't been to Scotland, but I really wish. I think it's a beautiful country. So I wish one day I
0: will be able to,
1: to go. Yeah.
0: Same here. I haven't been there either. All right. We're now onto the business section. Would you like to sing the business jingle or am I forced to do it? i think you'll have to do it darn darn it's time for the business section of this podcast business yay so dorky all right so i have two pieces of business the first piece of business is that one of our listeners kate from connecticut wrote to us and asked if i have ever noticed tom rosenthal's wonderful music in the show I haven't uh, heard his music in the show yet, and I did a quick Googling, and it said that a lot of Tom Rosenthal's songs will appear later on in season two and in season three. I know of the singer, um, and I discovered him through a YouTube channel called Jack's Gap. For those who know who Jack's Gap is, you know they're amazing and hot. But yeah, so uh, to Kate from Connecticut, thank you for writing to us. I'll definitely listen out for Tom Rosenthal's music. But I will say that I'm a big fan of two of his songs. The first one is It's Okay. And the second one is Force on the Way There. Kat, do you know of any Tom Rosenthal songs or have you heard of him?
1: No, I never heard of his song. Maybe I would Mm -hmm. hear one and I would recognize him, but Mm -hmm. the name I don't know.
0: But um, he's an amazing artist, so all of the listeners out there, check out his music. The other bit of business that I have to discuss is another email, and it's from Andy. And it's in regards to what Scamming the Subs, Henrik said, about Barnum, the high school in Druk. First off, Kat, what do you think about the school and its architecture and the structure of the school? Like, do you like the school, how it looks like in the interior and the exterior?
1: Yeah, it's a very particular school. I think with all the the stairs and everything, we always feel like we're in the stairs, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Yeah, I think it's kind of different from Mm -hmm. the other schools we've seen But I really liked it because, for me, it's one of the schools that looks the most like a school. I think it really looks like the school I used to go to.
0: And the reason why... Andy wrote to us about this is because scamming the subs when we were discussing the school, he brought up how the school is some high concept, brutalistic, like style of a school. Like he didn't like the school's interior and exterior. And I kind of agree. I don't think it's the most appealing school. Comes yeah, no, that's out. for sure. Yeah, it comes off a little bit cold. And so um, a few people wrote to us and they were like, oh, we actually really like the school. And Andy gave a little bit of an explanation to the school. He said that the school was designed by an architect, Stefan Jan Schultz, in the 90s. And that after the Berlin Wall fell down, the West German school system was brought into the eastern half of the city. And that's actually where the school is located. And when an architect designs a school, what's on paper doesn't always translate to what's actually built in person. And so I think some things in the original design had to change. And Andy also told us that the school needs a lot of upkeep and maintenance. And that's actually kind of hard to do. And he actually said that Berlin has been basically broke since uh, the year 2000. And so the school has kind of deteriorated and kind of looks more unappealing after time.
1: Well, I personally think that it fits the drug vibe because mm-hmm. we always see kind of whole buildings and graffiti everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the, school's, the school fits this vibe. Like you said, it's kind of dark and mm-hmm. it's not really appealing, but I think it just fits the drug vibe overall. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For me, it's minor. It's not something that's very glaring. You know, it's like, oh, okay, it's there. It's not the most appealing school, but let's focus on Hannah and Mia now, you know, things like that.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: So that's all the business I have. Do you have any business, anything in the scam world going on?
1: Well, I'm currently producing French subtitles for every version of scam. So they will soon be available on a new website. I will launch like uh, next week (laughs) and everything on there will be in French. All the remakes are not done yet, but half of them will be available when the website will be launched. And so I will keep translating and producing sub until I'm completely done with all the remakes and all the versions. So everything will be available with French subtitles.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Merci beaucoup. One of the few phrases in French that I know. And also, (laughs) scum france is coming to an end not like forever but like the season eight is ending is it when is this it week? Yeah, yeah this week on friday on friday so there won't be scum for a while right
1: yeah scum break, yeah. Or IT a scam or...
0: break. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and so that's actually great in ways for you right it gives you more time just to yeah, take well, your time
1: yeah all the stressing part about clips coming out that will be on pause but, of course, I will still have all the friendship titles to do. And I want to keep my Instagram uh, active, so I'm going to mm-hmm. post, like, parallels, like I did this week with, the, with Young Royals, that was very popular. Like, mm-hmm. the post got 2,000 likes.
0: I saw that, yeah. yeah, That's
1: insane. <laughs> I'm just, like, my posts usually, like, get 300 likes for my post. That's good. But uh, yet I was really surprised with that post. It's just exploded. It's insane. So I yeah. think I'm going to keep that patterns for the scam break, like doing parallels and comparison. It seems to be working. <laughs>
0: No, keep doing it. You know, it's fun to see what other fandoms are merging with our fandoms. Because like we talked about this earlier before we started recording about, you know, other fandoms that you're a part of. And you mentioned, you know, One Direction, you mentioned Shameless. I'm like, I've seen a lot of other Scam fans enjoy those fandoms as well. Like there just seems to be like an overlap and Young Royals Mm -hmm. is like the new fandom to kind of overlap with Scam.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think the, the Scam fandom is perfect target for young warriors. I think it's the same vibe, it's the same mm-hmm. energy, the characters are really similar and when you're watching it, you're like watching new remakes but like an original remake, like mm-hmm. even better than Scam. <laughs> I mm-hmm. think if that's possible, like it's just really so good. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think Scam fans are just, craving more content and so when we get a new show that resembles Scam and that has gay characters we're like hell yeah we're on board for it
1: yes absolutely
0: yeah 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 but yes so awesome great business uh so everyone that's just another reminder to follow cat on instagram at all of scam and that's three l's people don't forget that it's been amazing watching your account grow like every single month. I love seeing your updates on Instagram. Like you are like, oh, January, this is how many followers ever I've had. And then I'm like, February, like a huge jump and so on.
1: Yeah, yeah. If every like the first of the month, I'm posting that thing of mm-hmm. followers. And yeah, it's always nice to see that the account is growing. And uh, like I had a 10K goal, uh-huh. but I'm not sure I'm going to reach it, but I would really like to reach it because Mm -hmm. that's when you can post links in your story. And I really, Mm -hmm. really want that feature because it would just really help me with the website because Mm -hmm. all I'm doing, it's about links. So Mm -hmm. it would be really helpful, but yeah, I'm just happy with everyone following me and like interacting with my posts and with Mm -hmm. me. I I meet some great people, so I'm just happy
0: Mm -hmm. about it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So everyone, follow her, get her to 10K so that you can swipe up in the links. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to dive into these episodes?
1: Yep. I'm ready.
0: Ready? Uh-huh. And um, yeah. <laughs> so t- we did it. We did a great job. <laughs> So today, Kat and I are going to recap and review Season 2 of Druk, Episodes 1, 2, and 3. This is the Mia season. I, myself, am super excited because, as the listeners know, I had a few issues with the OG season, with Nora season. So what about you, Kat? How did you feel about the original Nora season and Norhelm in general?
1: It's not my favorite season, to be honest. I think there are a lot of issues, especially about William and the remakes. I think Noura is a great character, but I don't think we see her like fully being herself and everything. But I really like Mia, from what I've seen yet. Uh, I think she's kind of different from the other Nuras, and I'm just really excited to know more about her and to see her her all season. I think Mm -hmm. she has a great personality and that our relationship with Alex is really different from the Mm -hmm. others that I've seen. I really like their dynamic. I think they are great.
0: All right, so episode one, the title is Boys Suck, and it starts off on Montauk. There is this kind of beautiful kissing montage at the beginning with all of these colors. At first... I wasn't sure who was kissing. I was like, wait a second, is that Alex and Mia? But no, it's not, it's actually Alex and Kiki. And right off the bat, this is new. This did not happen in the original. So like when I was watching this, I was really excited to see that Druk has changed from the original a bit. Then we get a shot of the girl squad or the crew as they're called in Druk, staring at Alex and Kiki making out. There are some disapproving looks. Mia is confused as to why Kiki is with Alex, to which Amira says, oh, he's hot. And apparently that's the only good thing about Alexander.
1: To be honest, that scene made me feel so awkward at the beginning, like the Uh kissing and the tongues and close up, like Uh that was just too much kissing. And it was just so long, like it Uh lasts for like a minute. Uh to be honest, in that scene, I'm literally Anna, like, looking not sure what <laughs> was happening, yeah. so <laughs> um, I was not sure about it, but I like that draw is changing a lot of things. Like, it's details, but I think it really makes a difference, so I mm-hmm. like that.
0: definitely. Definitely. And I think all of the friend group, like they're looking at it. They're kind of disapproving, except for Sam, who is the enabler friend. Sam was like, oh, yeah, I believe in them. But everyone knows that this quote unquote relationship between Alex and Kiki is doomed. It didn't start off on the right foot. And whatever happening here, we all know it's not going to end well.
1: Mm, absolutely, yeah
0: and then there are some references to like the girls becoming lesbians i think mia like makes a half joke about it and makes a kissy face to hannah who tells her that no i'm sorry i like dick instead And then this part was a little interesting because Amira says she has to leave to do her prayers. And like Mia's suspicious, she's like, didn't you just do it? And I was a little suspicious too. And then something happens, jumping ahead in episode three, do you remember the part where they're in the car and Amira gets like a phone call or something like that? So I'm like, what's happening? I don't remember this from the original, it's something new.
1: Yeah, I think Amira is kind of hiding something. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen the rest of the season, so I don't know if it's ever brought back. But Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting because we don't hear about Amira's life in previous season in other remakes. That's Mm -hmm. the only remake where we can see that she also has like a life. So I think that's interesting to bring that up already in season two.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of intrigue and perhaps setting something up for her season later on, season four. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. So I'm excited. And so, yeah, that scene basically ends there. The next scene, Mia's at home. (laughs) She is absolutely disgusted with the bathroom situation with Hans, who apparently is unable to lift the toilet seat up. As a guy, I apologize for him
1: yeah again i hated the entrance of this room <laughs> because if there's something i hate in life it's to clean up a bathroom like oh. and this shot of the toilet really made me want to throw up for it it was disgusting i couldn't believe that they would just make a zoom on that thing on the toilet it was just too much for me but i'm glad that Mia stood up to tell Anne that this was really bad and that she didn't let Lynn clean up afterhand. Like, that's mm-hmm. not to her to do that. I was feeling so bad for Lynn that she felt that she had to clean up. I was glad that Mia just said, No, Lynn, Anne had to learn mm-hmm. that you don't do that.
0: Right, right. <laughs> The interesting thing is that Lynn kind of warns Mia about barging in. She's like, oh, he has a visitor. You know, don't go in, don't go in. But does Mia listen? Nope. She bursts into a very compromising situation with Hans. And at first they called them Michi, but I think his name is Misha.
1: Yeah, like I think in episode two, it's now Misha. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Misha, yeah. Misha, who, first off, I'm going to be very shallow, but he has very nice abs, and from what I saw, a very, you know, attractive face. <laughs> Although, I don't get what's going on, I mean, okay, I know what's going on, but is there like a Santa Claus fetish here, or something like that? I'm not judging, but it's very interesting.
1: <laughs> like, in the English version that we have uh-huh. with the English subtitles, it is not like, it's not, I mean, we can see all the same, but uh-huh. in the the YouTube version that I downloaded from our French episodes, mm-hmm. it's blurred. Like the scene is oh. completely blurred, so we can't see what they're doing. Yeah.
0: Oh, so. it was censored.
1: Yeah, Interesting. exactly.
0: Interesting. Well, just so you guys know on this podcast, nothing we say is censored. I marked explicit. So we can curse the Leo and we can talk about whatever adult things are happening in drug. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of adult things, Hans uses the excuse of having an erection, and that's why he couldn't clean the toilet. I'm just like, okay, yes, that's an excuse, but you could also just clean it up afterwards. It doesn't take a long time to do it. Like, didn't your mom raise you right, your mom and dad? Come on. Come on, Hans.
1: I mean, if his dick is not working right, well, at least his hand does
0: exactly but um i guess this is just showing that hans isn't most considerate roommate but you know what an introduction to this s guild character
1: yeah absolutely i think it was a great way to introduce Hans because it's just he's a character
0: yeah yeah and so afterwards mia and hans have a conversation about why misha or mitcha is there and Han says that, oh, he's kind of a boring person. He just likes to talk about politics. I'm like, wow, he sounds like a great person to me. I would, you know, yeah. like having an intellectual conversation. And this part was kind of sad. Hans talked about like how like he just wanted Misha to be there because he's lonely and he calls him a boomerang. It just feels like it's kind of an empty relationship. It's not very healthy. It kind of mirrors Kiki and Alex to me where like, clearly one person is being used just to satisfy another person
1: yeah that's true I think Hans and Misha could have been a couple because like Mm -hmm. the way Hans is describing Misha he seems like a great guy to be Mm -hmm. honest a guy you can talk to a guy who has opinions and everything Uh but I think maybe Hans is is not ready for this so Mm -hmm. just want to see him when he's lonely and and everything but I I think they could have been a great couple if he wanted to take time to learn more about him, maybe.
0: Uh-huh. But yeah, so going back to the scene, Nia kind of tells Hans that all boys suck and that's just referring to the title. And that's basically it for Montauk, right?
1: Yeah, um, I was glad that she said that and that she mm-hmm. precise that it was not gays. It was just mm-hmm. all guys. I was like, yes, queen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I thought about that saying, which I personally hate the saying, not all men. I hate when people say that. So I'm glad that that wasn't like referenced at all in the episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Are you ready for Dean's talk? Yep. So the next scene, Hannah and Mia are headed to school. Mia was supposed to go to Madrid. Basically, Mia and her parents, it's kind of like a tense relationship between them. And they're not going to spend the holidays together. I have a question for you. Are you a big Christmas fan? Do you love the holidays?
1: Not really. I'm not like Anna on that side. I'm more Mm -hmm. like maybe Mia. I have a great family. That's really cool. But I don't know, going out and seeing all those people, I kind of hate it. But I think that no one should be alone at Christmas. That's something that... Even if I don't necessarily like to see all those people at once, I know mm-hmm. that it's a good thing and that it's always nice to see our family and our friends and everything. So I'm glad that Anna asked Mia to come for mm-hmm. Christmas because yeah, no one should be alone that line.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Yes, Christmas and the holidays, you know, has become very commercialized and it's all about giving gifts and things like that. But I'm also a sucker for just like the warm, cozy vibes. I just, I love the idea. It doesn't snow here in LA, but I love the idea of like, you know, warm coats and the decorations and yeah, like spending time with your family and your friends. And even if you're not related to your family by blood, it's like your chosen family, your surrogate family. And like you said, you know, no one should be alone. And I do really like that Hannah invited Mia over because This friendship between Hannah and Mia, it's something that I'm keeping my eye out on throughout the series. I've always wanted more from the Ava and Nora friendship. You know, we got a little bit of it, but it seemed like as the OG series progressed, we didn't get much of it anymore. And so I really hope that Druk maintains the Mia-Hannah friendship.
1: Yeah, I really like that friendship too. I think they really take care of each other and they Mm -hmm. are really there for each other. So I'm really here for that friendship. I like them a lot.
0: Yeah. And not just their friendship too, but like jumping ahead in general, I really like this girl squad, like the crew as they call it. I I just find like their interactions to be very like warm and friendly and supportive at times. And then like, yes, sometimes they don't agree with one another, but it doesn't seem combative to me. It just seems like things that friends would disagree over. Do you like this friend group? group?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like them a lot. I feel like they are really friends, like in real Mm -hmm. life. And we saw some time content on Instagram that the Mm -hmm. girls are hanging out together. I think it's, great to see that on the screen, that they are really friends and we can see it.
0: Yeah, it really helps sell it to the viewers that this is a girl squad. We have to be invested in them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so going back to the scene, the girls run into Jonas and Mateo. And there are some awkward hugs exchanged between them. And it's understandable, you know, knowing what we know about the Hannah and Jonas relationship. Uh, but their interaction is it's just very short. After they leave, Mia inquires about the Matea situation, about him being gay, about how they kind of assume he has a crush on Jonas. And I love how Mia is trying to, like, guide Hannah. She's like, you could ask him if he watches Queer Eye.
1: Yeah, like, that is the less subtle thing to ask to, uh-huh. like, Matthew, if they want yeah. to, if he's gay. And so I think this is the worst way to ask.
0: <laughs> oh, like, yeah. So obvious.
1: Yeah. And, like, Mathieu and Jonas were totally high in that scene.
0: <laughs> yes. I wrote a note about that. I was like, wow, that early <laughs> in the day? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, like, it's in the morning, or I don't know, like, they yeah. are they're taking a test. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, Mia is like, have you studied? They burst laughing Mm -hmm. because they are totally high.
0: And yeah, then now the next scene, it's actually transitioning to Mia, Kiki, and Alex in class. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's some eye glances between Mia and Alex. She notices him and he notices her. And I love how we get kind of like a throwback to the OG with a headless teacher, because I know that in the original, we really never saw the teacher's head. And so here in Juke, it's the same thing, but now the teacher's wearing like this really fun Christmas sweater, and the class discussion is about the relationship between the apartheid in South Africa and the Third Reich in Germany. And one of the students brings up that you know, oh, like kind of expressing that she's bored about this topic and she wants to discuss more relevant issues like the Syrian refugees. And the other students agree. And you know, I'm going to take note that. The students that brought this up are the students that are people of color. And so, you know, they start talking about Israel and Mia wants the other student to expand on this topic. And she calls it anti-Semitic, to which Alex jumps in to the conversation with his views and statements. And I really like how Alex and Mia are engaging in this somewhat intellectual conversation. It, it's a different dynamic to them. You know, and I'm going to bring it up to the original again. In the original, there was like back and forth between William and Nora. To me, it wasn't very deep what was going on between them. But here, this is an intellectual conversation. It's back and forth. It adds to the tension with the characters.
1: Yeah, in that scene, they have real arguments, Mm -hmm. and they are really speaking their minds, and they are really trying to defend their opinions. So I think Mm -hmm. that's really great, because that's something we didn't see in Mm -hmm. the original, that They're not fighting, but they are trying to express what they want to say and what they think about a very kind of heavy subject. Mm -hmm. This discussion about Israel is kind of heavy, but I'm glad that the series is showing this kind of conversation in class because Mm -hmm. I believe that our generation is way more involved in politics and international problems than Mm -hmm. what people think and young people, we actually have an opinion about that stuff and we have access of all kinds of sources Mm -hmm. to base our opinion on. And I think that with today, like cancel culture, we have Mm -hmm. no choice to educate ourselves before talking about these sensitive topics. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really great that we see that in that scene where they both have different opinions but Mm -hmm. they try to do it the best way they can with solid arguments, actually. Like Mm -hmm. it's not just, oh, I don't agree with you. They are actually trying to prove their point.
0: So that's great. Exactly, exactly. It shows that, yes, they have other priorities, other concerns in their lives, like bigger than themselves, you know, more than just their own local community, but globally, because people might not think that what's happening in one country will affect them, but it will ultimately. And so it's important to care about what's going on in the world. And like you said... You can educate yourself. There are plenty and plenty of materials out there to read. And we know not to go to one source, but to other sources to fact check because that's really important. Like that's what I like beg of the listeners is that like, don't just believe one source, read up on other things too, just to get other point of views. And then from there, form your own opinions and back up your opinions with facts and arguments.
1: Exactly, because even if... We're talking, for example, about a community. Even in this community, not everyone agrees with one another. So mm-hmm. it's really important to get a general view over this to be sure not to hurt anyone or mm-hmm. to see something that might cause problems or
2: mm-hmm.
1: like to get ourselves in trouble for seeing something. So I think it's great today that we have access to all kinds of information to really educate ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And to not make it personal, which Mia kind of does, right? Like she brings up his sister, which I I wasn't understanding what was going on here. But I do like that the teacher interjected and said, "You know, you guys are kind of missing the point here. Like, let's get back on topic." But Mia is kind of unable to drop what's going on, and she says to Kiki that, "Hey, this is a clear example of Alex being a dick."
1: Yeah, I kind of didn't like that she brought the the sister in it because she knows there is something with his sister but she Mm -hmm. doesn't know why and I think that this was kind of to see how Alex would react Mm -hmm. to her mentioning his sister Mm -hmm. but I think that Wasn't the time and the place to do that at all. No, at all. Definitely not during class and in front of everyone. Especially that there might be some people in that class knowing what happened to Alex. Exactly. So exposing him like this, I think Alex had a really great reaction to Mm -hmm. that. He really responded well, and I was kind of impressed. Like Mia said, he said he's a dick, but Mm -hmm. I kind of thought the opposite about him.
0: Yeah, same here. Like listeners know, I had a real problem with William, but with Alex, he's more three dimensional to me. Like there are more layers to him and it's not always obvious, but I can see it on his face and just the way he carries himself that there's a lot more to the story and it's believable. Like even when Kiki says that, oh, you know, Alex, he's an insecure person and he just wants his parents' attention. yes. That is a cliche storyline. Am I tired of it? Yes. But do I have faith in Drup to expand on that storyline with Alex and go more in depth with it and make it more personal? Yes. But yeah, so I'm just really interested in seeing how they flesh out Alex's character or Axel, as Mia likes calling him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think he's a different William. Like we have the same cliche. But Mm -hmm. I think that it's less of a cliche with him. Like, we feel that he's more authentic, maybe. Or like, Mm -hmm. when Kiki says that he's insecure or everything, Mm -hmm. I I saw some scenes from the next episodes, and Mm -hmm. that's something they really explore and go deep Mm -hmm. into. So I really like that about that character.
0: I think a lot of the remakes have listened or read about the criticisms of Norhelm. They're like, what what pathway can we take to improve on the storyline? But yeah, so it turns out that Alex has to repeat this class. And again, like what you said earlier, Mia bringing up his sister, like if Alex is repeating this class, then perhaps, yeah, these students don't know about his sister and like they might become curious about it. So again, Mia was definitely in the wrong to bring up his sister
1: yeah absolutely and with DOJ we kind of understand Mm -hmm. why Alex had to redo his class because Mm -hmm. we know it has a link with his sister Mm -hmm. and I like that Kiki is know there is something maybe heavy behind that Mm -hmm. but she's kind of avoiding the question by Mm -hmm. saying it's about her or everything so
0: yeah (laughs) are we ready for meat fuck yep Mia is biking to Kiki who is jogging. And here it is. Kiki over-exercising, her body issues in this remake. It's just more apparent. And, you know, in the original, they kind of dance around it, but here it's like very obvious. We see it. And I, I do like that. You know, they're addressing the elephant in the room like right away. Because Kiki also announces that she's a vegan too. And Mia is understandably worried for her health. And she's not beating around on the bush. She's like addressing what's going on
1: yeah exactly like in OG we kind of see it with like uh, Vilda sorting her salad and everything Mm -hmm. but it's not that obvious in drug we can really see that Kiki has a problem and like Mia seems to be the only one noticing that she has a problem yeah like it's so obvious but I feel like Mia is the only one seeing what's really happening Mm -hmm. and I think that this scene with Mia and Kiki is kind of underrated because
2: mm-hmm.
1: I totally understand how Mia must feel about Kiki. Like she's mm-hmm. really worried about her. So yes, of course, exercising and eating healthy is good. But here, I understand that Mia is worried because that behavior can quickly become dangerous for someone mm-hmm. who has an eating disorder. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad that we got that discussion between them to make us realize how these two things like Being vegan or exercising can be viewed from like two different sides. Like Mia is saying, oh, you saw a documentary about why it's good to be vegan, about uh, industries. Mm -hmm. But Kiki is like, oh no, it's just that uh, I saw how good it is for your health and Uh losing weight. You see that they don't have the same goal doing what she's doing. Our goal is really to become skinny and to Mm -hmm. fit uh, society standards. Yeah. I think this thing is really important.
0: Yes. You know, if you want to be vegan, be a vegan. There are many different reasons why, like we talked about, concerns for the environment, also for your health. But if someone could take a reason, like Kiki for her health, quote unquote, but twisted in a way, you know, that's not the best reason. And Mia clearly sees Kiki's reasons for veganism as not wrong, but like, it's just not healthy for her. She knows that this path Kiki is on is ultimately unhealthy for her.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So then it's still Nepok. They're at school now. Mia sees Alex and she tells him that they need to talk she basically interrogates him about Kiki and his intentions with her. He tells her, you know, hey, I'm not hanging out with anyone else. Hey, girl, what's your problem? And she's like, don't call me girl. And he's like, okay, woman. (laughs) And then he was like, you know, if I didn't think you were a lesbian, I would consider this jealousy. And okay, there's so much chemistry between Alex and me here. I don't know what it is. Like, maybe it's just their eye contact maybe because I feel like they're on equal ground, like at the same level, it sells it for me. Like I am so invested in Winterberg here, even though she's threatens to kill him. If he hurts Kiki.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I like about them is that in this kind of relationship thing, Mia seems to be the one in control. Like, Mm Alex is just following what she does and she goes with it and he's just waiting for her to be ready or whatever. And uh-huh. Mia is just, she's the one controlling things. Like with Nura and William, I felt like she was already under William control. Yes.
2: Like yeah, from the yeah. beginning,
1: I feel like she she's already like in love with him and she's just trying to be tough. But here I feel like Mia is... Really like in control and just defensive, and she doesn't want to have anything to do with him at all. And I like that they use the lesbian stereotype here, oh. like all the way. We know that Mia is bisexual, yes. but yeah. I like that they use that part to get away from Alex. Like I think it's it really fits her character. So uh-huh. I'm glad they used it. And yet yeah, their, their dynamic is really great in that scene. We can see that there is something and Alex knows there is something.
0: Yes, like, yes.
1: When he tells her that he's just waiting for her to drop that lesbian thing. Uh-huh. So he knows there's something, but I like that Mia is holding all on all tight to protecting Kiki and doing mm-hmm. everything she can to protect her. Uh, like when she tells him like, if you hurt her, I'm going to kill mm-hmm. you that Mm -hmm. was strong so yeah yeah
0: yeah this is a horrible metaphor but i'm gonna use it i feel like in the original william was a spider and he created a web and Mm -hmm. nora is a fly and she kind of just flew into the web right and she's kind of struggling to get out of there whereas in this remake alex is still a spider but mia is a spider herself and she's creating the web and like, she's building it around Alex, and it's for Alex to find a route to her on this web.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like I said, Mia is in control there, and uh-huh. she gets to decide what happened mm-hmm. and when it happened. So mm-hmm. that's really great.
0: Donna stuck. So it's gym class. Jonas and Mateo are actually participating, so I guess they're not that high anymore. <laughs> Uh, but Mia and Hannah are not. I guess they use the excuse of menstruating. And I spotted the welcome AG girl because in a previous episode, the wonderful girl, sort of Deb, the drug experience, but they mentioned how there was this one background character that's always appearing. And so I just wanted to point her out. Mia and Hannah start talking about Kiki and about her veganism. And Mia expresses her worry for Kiki, not just about the veganism, but about Alex too. And they wonder if Alex is using this as a tactic or not. And so I'm glad that Mia has someone else to talk to about this. Like Hannah, it's kind of like her sounding board because, you know, it it can be a lot to internalize all of this, you know, like, so I like that Mia has someone to just bounce ideas and thoughts off of.
1: Yes, exactly. I like that she doesn't have to carry all that weight of Mm -hmm. like, I'm the the only one who can help her. Like Mm -hmm. she's talking to someone she trusts. She's Mm -hmm. talking to Anna. And I was kind of expecting Anna to take that more seriously, maybe to Uh ask questions and to be like, well, why do you believe that and everything? But Mm -hmm. I think she got the point.
0: All right, are we ready for our fun Fry Talk party scene? Yep. Like I said earlier, I am such a sucker for warm holiday vibes. We get this cute, adorable montage of everyone just hanging out, having a good time at this Christmas party. And it struck me, wait a second, usually the Nora season is set during the spring. I'm like, whoa, whoa. So we're going to get this season during like the winter time. So that means the Mateo season won't be during the holidays. It's true.
1: Like you said, during winter and Mia's name is like Mia Winter. So I... Oh, <laughs> oh,
0: another uh-huh. aha. Yeah, uh-huh. That makes sense. Well,
1: that's awesome.
0: All right. So back to the episode. The group starts to drink. Kiki has texted Alexander, but... I'm not shocked that there isn't a reply. The boy squad without Abdi shows up and Carlos is there. I have a soft spot for Carlos. I think he's completely adorable and cute. I did spot Carlos greeting Kiki with a hug and a kiss and complimenting her. So they're already starting their Vilde and Magnus line here. So I really
1: like Carlos here. He's really sweet with Kiki. So they are already building up their Relationship here, and mm-hmm. I think it's nice not to wait until like season three and four. Uh-huh. And yeah, that's really cool.
0: Not to jump ahead, but then episode three, what happens with them at the laser tag? I'm like, oh,
1: mm-hmm. yes
0: yeah, but we're not there yet. We're still in on episode one. The party continues, with a lot of fun, and the music is just cut abruptly because Hans announces that he wants to go to a club. And Kiki's like, I don't know how you're able to do that. I'm tired. I need the energy. And Jonas kind of like plays with his nose, making a reference that haunts us Coke. So then everyone kind of clears out. Mia's still there cleaning up. The doorbell rings because Kiki has forgotten her bag. And when she grabbed her bag, like something drops out. And I was like, what dropped out? Like, I couldn't make sense of what that was. turns out they're cotton pads, and Kiki's been eating them?
1: Yeah, at first I couldn't believe that. I wasn't expecting that at all, because I know nothing about eating disorders, and Uh I really didn't know that eating cotton pads was a thing, and I was really shocked, because then I realized how far some people can go when yeah, they have a yeah. disorder. And I relate so much to Mia in that scene because she's really trying to help Kiki and to make mm-hmm. sure she's okay. Like take care of yourself. But it's so hard to help someone who doesn't want to get help.
0: Exactly.
1: And I just feel like Mia is so helpless in this situation. Like she's she's trying her best to warn Kiki that this is bad and Mm -hmm. She's kind of trying to tell her that she's been there, but she doesn't want to say it. So I think Mia is really helpless and that she do everything she can, but she can't do more than Kiki wants to get help. Like, that was a really intense scene, really important, I think, to show that. So yeah, it can be triggering for some people, I think. But I think it's necessary to to show how far those disorders can go.
0: It's definitely triggering. It's triggering because clearly the showrunners and the writers have done a lot of research. Because like you, I didn't know that eating compads was a part of an eating disorder. And does it make sense? Like yeah, I can now I can see people doing that. And on top of that. Mia is concerned with Hans possibly doing cocaine and how easily influenced Kiki could be. She knows that Kiki, you know, wants to have energy. She wants to work out more. and She's always looking for sources of energy and she might start doing cocaine too. And so understandably, Mia is worried about her. And I didn't find Mia to be forceful. Like, Mia did her best to talk in her nice tone. But like you said, Kiki's just not ready to hear it. And Kiki was the one that was kind of like erupting with a lot of emotions. It was like, maybe you should talk to Hans instead of me if you're worried. Mind your own business. Then she just stormed off.
1: Like she says to me, I, you're not my mom. You does not have to tell me what I have to do and everything. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I
1: just can't force her to get better and to take care mm-hmm. of herself and everything. So, that was a very intense scene.
0: Oh, yeah, it was very intense. And I think, It kind of makes sense what happens next because Mia's like, okay, I can't control that. What can I control? What can I kind of meddle in? And that's Alexander because she starts texting with him. She tells him to break up with Kiki because he's not good for her. And Alex is like, okay. He just says that so quickly. However, Mia has to admit that she's not a real lesbian and has to go out on a date with him. And so already- The stakes are higher here. And basically, yeah, the episode ends there. I was like, whoa, it left me wanting more. Like I immediately wanted to start the next episode and start taking my notes.
1: Yeah, it was really an an episode with a lot of information, a lot going Mm -hmm. on.
0: Exactly. Yeah. All right. We're now on to episode two of season two. The title is Breasts, Fat Shaming, and Cocoa. The episode starts off on Sontag and Mia is on her bed. She's doing some reading. Her phone starts to buzz and it's Kiki texting the crew group about some plans. Apparently Mia has forgotten to buy Kiki a secret Santa gift. And she looks through her drawers and she looks through like her shelves to find things. And she kind of stumbles upon a book called Eating Decently. That's kind of a hint to Mia's past there with her own struggles with eating And she contemplates giving it to Kiki, but uh, she Googles principal gift cards, which is not the best gift to give someone. I'm like, oh, come on, Mia. Something else, please.
1: For me, Mia forgetting in the first place about the gift doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right to me because I feel like Mia is so in control of everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's been on Kiki's back during all of episode one. Mm -hmm. And yet she doesn't find something better to offer her than printable gift cards. Like if she could have thought of something better to maybe make Kiki feel better or Mm -hmm. just, I don't know why. Mia is so intelligent. She could have come up with so many ideas. Just something that would make Kiki feel great about herself. Like we'll see later, but Kiki offered Mia some lipstick. And that's something that makes Mia feel great about herself. Mm-hmm. So I think the gift cards were just, it was really the worst idea.
0: It's such an impersonal gift. It's like a gift that you give like a coworker.
1: Like everything more personal would have been better. So that just doesn't feel right to me that Mia just gave that unpersonal gift to Kiki, especially since she seemed to really care about her.
0: Mm-hmm. Because the next scene when they're at the party, Kiki gives Mia that iconic red lipstick. And it's like, oh, you know, and it's also her apology paired with it that makes it an extra important gift. Because in return, Kiki gets that gift card and she's obviously not thrilled. And the other girls in the group are like shocked at this gift. And they try to keep their uh, expressions a little bit muted, but it's clear that everyone doesn't think this gift is great.
1: Yeah, you could could see that Kiki was trying to fake that she was a pee about it, but Mm -hmm. she was clearly disappointed after that she gave Mia that lipstick that Mm -hmm. probably cost a lot. Mm -hmm. So to see that Mia only gave her, uh, I Mm -hmm. think it's only 10 euros. So yeah, yeah, that was really awkward.
0: Right. In my head, the next day, Mia went out and brought Kiki a proper gift. I, I just, I'm gonna have to like rewrite that scene in my head. Like that's really <laughs> what happened. Unfortunately, that's not what happens in the next scene because the next scene is Montauk. Mia is at Hannah and Hannah's dad's place for the holiday, and she's kind of stuck between them. Like they're having this awkward conversation with one another, but she is able to like bring up that she knows a bit about art, Banksy and Gustav Mitzger, things like that. And Hannah's dad tells Hannah, like, hey, look at that, you know, Mia's able to use like arguments in her conversation and she didn't get defensive, unlike how she was in the class with Alexander, which I found out to be like interesting, like a little parallel there that the dad pointed out that Mia was able to use arguments, whereas in that scene with Alex, she kind of like did a, a low blow by bringing up his sister.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I I like the the relationship between Anna and her dad. I feel that it's so realistic because Mm -hmm. I know that when, for example, I'm arguing with my parents or someone in my family or Mm -hmm. someone close to me, I'm not the best to bring up good arguments, but... Mm -hmm. When I'm talking with someone I don't know or with my friend's parents or everything, I'm always trying to impress them maybe or to bring up something intelligent to say. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a very realistic relationship between them. Mm -hmm. And I like to see actually a parent in scam because we Mm -hmm. see parents. So that was great to meet Anna's dad and to get to know more a bit about him and Anna's relationship with him.
0: Exactly, because like you said, yeah, we rarely get to see parents. And when we do see parents, they're usually mothers. And in this series, it's a father, you know, like we're so used to seeing fathers presented as cold figures or like very stern, which I mean, yes, Hannah's father can have shades of that, but he's he also appears as a very warm person. Like in season one, he was there and he was like, very understanding with her. And so I just like seeing that representation of positive male figures in the show.
1: Yeah. We don't see that a lot. And it's always great to see.
0: The phone yeah. rings and Hannah's dad goes to answer it. And then Hannah herself is a little bit upset. So she leaves and they kind of have a conversation in the background as Mia's own phone buzzes. And it's a Merry Christmas text from Alex And there's a picture attached, and he's Waldo. And I just found this to be very cute and kind of endearing because, like her, he's not hanging out with his family. He's actually hanging out with Toilet Sam's family. And, okay, and this was interesting. For me, all of the texts that appeared were in English. What language were they for you?
1: Yeah, I noticed that when I did the French subtitles because I'm using the drunk translation the English files, the, the text messages weren't in that file because the text messages and that they were done by someone else. And they hard-coded the text messages over the original messages. Okay. So that's why they appear in English because in the original videos, they are in German. It's normal. Got memory. it.
0: Interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> A little extra trivia there for us. Thank you. <laughs> so... That picture generates conversation between me and Alex. They're both quote-unquote Christmas refugees. It's cute. It's light until he brings up having a date with her, which she shoots down. But just for that short moment, their interaction was just really cute. And it added like another layer, another dynamic to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I really like the Waldo joke from Alex. I think it Mm -hmm. was really cute, to be honest. Like, it had a bit of mystery to why he's not with his home family. So, mm-hmm. and why, he, just like Mia, is a, a Christmas refugee. So, mm-hmm. I really like that. And the, the Waldo joke with this sweater, it was just perfect.
0: Yeah, love it, love it. So, the next day, it's Dean's talk. Mia is FaceTiming with her parents and, you know, there's tension, of course. And the infuriating part was when Mia brought up that she spent time with Hannah and they were like, oh, who's Hannah? Oh, the chubby one. I'm like, that's the way you're going to describe her. But I was so thankful to have Mia berating her parents for calling Hannah chubby. I'm like, why? Why?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that was an important thing. That's mm-hmm. when we understand why things are always going wrong with our parents. Like, I relate so much to Mia in this situation because I'm Mm -hmm. the kind of person to call out people when they're saying inappropriate things, especially Mm -hmm. uh, about my friends or about people I care about. Mm -hmm. And what her mom said about Anna was really inappropriate. Fat shaming is just so wrong, whatever your body type is. And that being said, Anna is far from being chubby or fat.
0: Far, far, yeah.
1: And I can't believe that nowadays there are still people considering the, the mid-sized body type as mm-hmm. fat or unhealthy. Like your weight or your body type doesn't define your health. Mm-hmm. And it's no one's business to talk about this, especially to mm-hmm. see comments like the mom said. So I think Anna is a really super relatable character. Mm-hmm. Like she's one of the only ever not being Totally slim and mm-hmm. petite, and like I talk with many people, especially girls in the syndrome, mm-hmm. and we all say that Anna's body is a lot like us yeah. uh, in a way. Like she, she's one of the only character we can relate to physically, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of why she's one of my favorite ever. So mm-hmm. that's why I really like that. Mia called out her mom about mm-hmm. saying that because that was so wrong from
0: her to say that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and like, you would think that her mom would say, oh, the redheaded one?
3: That would yeah. have been a normal well,
1: thing to yeah. say. I mean, there, there's nothing offensive about no yeah. the color of her hair. The chubby comment was so unnecessary. And that's when you understand like why Mia hates talking with her parents.
0: Yeah, like you said, it just shows that she clearly has tension with her parents and that they don't get along and they don't really know a lot about her life because even when Hans interrupts and he says hello, they have no idea who he is. So like, wait, who is that? But to us, it's been established that Mia has been living with Hans and Lynn for a while. Mm-hmm. And so here we have Hans all cleaned up. He says that he has to be straight Hans because he's not allowed to be gay at his parents, which is sad because, you know, I feel like gay people always have to try to keep the peace. Like we always have to minimize the, the quote unquote drama or stress that we bring to our families at these events, which it sucks. I get it. I understand it. It shouldn't have to be our job. We should be able to exist however we want to exist, however we want to express
3: ourselves.
1: I totally get why he's doing that. And I think it's really sad because he knows he has to do this Mm -hmm. because it's less exhausting to pretend he's straight than to argue with his family about being gay and Mm -hmm. everything. So I think that's sad to think that some people have to go through this every day. And I get that. Avoiding drama sometimes is better than just talking and Mm -hmm. arguing. And so, I, but I think it's sad. And we can see it in Anne's face that he's sad about it.
0: Yeah, it's really unfortunate. And I hate to say that it gives hands more depth. I don't like that gay portrayals on television have to be about pain, but I will say that it does give the Hans character a different Mm -hmm. dimension rather than just like happy-go-lucky that we know that there's more going on in his life than just hooking up and, you know, being sassy and the gay best friend.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, And (laughs) this is, okay. The way he was dressed, stereotypically, I found that to look gayer than what he normally wears.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I wrote in my notes, like, where's the flavor? And there is, just looks like he's closeted. Like, yeah, it doesn't look straight to me in that outfit. No,
0: <laughs> not at all. All right. So back to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The next day is Donna's talk. The girls are shopping, they're kind of planning for their New Year's camping trip. Sam lets it slip out that Kiki wants to get her breasts augmented. And I love that Amira won't let the topic disappear. Like She's like, wait a second, let's talk about it. And apparently Alex has given her a voucher for the surgery. What the fuck? Really, Alex? Like, I really wanted to root for you. And then this happened.
1: Who gives yeah. that to his girlfriend? Like, I don't know that. I don't know. It's just a weird gift to give.
0: Yeah. Kiki did explain that she and Alex had like a conversation about their problematic body parts, but like, okay. Plastic surgery, a controversial topic. You know what? If you want it, go do it. If it makes you feel good about yourself, but you should have to be in the right mindset. You have to do a lot of research. I know it's case by case. And in this case, Kiki is not in the right mindset. Like she clearly has some self image issues. So getting a surgery is not the solution. It's not going to help her body dysmorphia. And she can claim that she's doing it for herself, that she's 18, but she's still developing as a person. And she still needs to like really come to terms with the issues she has and do it in a healthy way, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And Kiki and Alex haven't been together for a very long time no. so that's that's really weird for him to already step in our lives and what she think about ourselves it doesn't have its place there and yeah Kiki tried to say that she's doing it for herself and I like that Amira is kind of defending her like she says well women do what they want with their bodies mm-hmm. it's their bodies and everything and like Totally support that. Definitely, like you said, Kiki is not in the right mindset for that. Uh, she's already dealing with eating disorder, so it's really not the right time to do that. She needs to grow up a bit and to be sure that this is what she wants.
0: Definitely, definitely. It was also interesting, yeah, to hear the other girls' reactions. Like you said, like Amira was kind of defending her in a way. Sam, Sam she will always have kiki's back and you know hannah was kind of quiet about it so it did seem like mia was the only person outright against it i think that's
1: because she's the only one really seeing what's happening with kiki Mm -hmm. and that's why she's so worried about her so right that's why she's so defensive about her not getting that surgery
0: yeah, yeah, and it's understandable why Mia is so on top of it because as the girls move on to continue shopping, Mia lingers behind to text Alex angrily about the breast surgery and she criticizes him and she thinks he's doing this to provoke her, which, I mean, I don't know if that's true. Yes, what Alex is doing is shitty, giving Kiki the voucher, but I personally don't connect it with trying to provoke Mia. Yeah,
1: me um, I I didn't see the link. Like, what was Alex's intention with that? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe he just wanted to please Kiki. We don't know.
0: But Alex does tell her that he will end things with Kiki if they go out together on a date. And yeah, plans are set in motion for Friday. So the first thing we see is a quote. And it says, follow your heart, but take your brain. So I assume that this is Drew's version of everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about be kind always
1: yeah i love that quote on mia's wall i think it's different and i think Mm -hmm. it fits mia's mindset more than the the original quote i mean Mm -hmm. she's kind and everything but i think the follow your heart and take your brain with you is Mm -hmm. the best for her i think it really represents her
0: i find that that quote it's a nice realistic balance like Yes, of course, you should always follow your heart. You know, your feelings are valid, but at the same time, trust your brain, trust mm-hmm. logic. They don't always have to be at odds with one another, but, you know, you can find a balance between your heart and your brain. Whereas I found the OG quote, of course, it's a very nice, compassionate quote. I think that quote, it's supposed to apply to William. I like how we're supposed to understand that William is fighting a battle to be kind. Again, I have my issues with William. I don't find that it holds any weight. I think that the quote on the wall should be more related to the Nora character and their personal motto. And so, yeah, follow your heart, but take your brain, totally aligns with the Mia character.
1: Absolutely.
0: So Mia starts getting ready for a date, And just like in the original, she, you know, doesn't dress to the nine. She's like, oh, I'm just gonna work a hoodie. Kind of like my everyday wear. You get the classic scene of her putting on the lipstick. This lipstick has more meaning because it was a gift from Kiki. But then mm-hmm. she kind of rubs it off. The group text goes off with the girls wanting to hang out. Then Hans comes in and she tells him, oh, I have a date. He inquires who it is she doesn't want to tell him he's like oh i'll just you know text your friends and find out and so this is where she has to admit that it's alex and i love that hans is like living for the drama but doesn't understand what her motives are or the situation i mean we all know that it's a very messy situation here
1: yes i really like hans in this situation like he's all for it for drama but he doesn't get the plot at all he doesn't know what's going on Uh and that he has questions to Mia and he's really trying to understand, but not of it makes sense to him. And that, for me, that was the scene where we realized that that's kind of weird to, uh-huh. to do that. Like we always see it from Mia's point of view, but yeah. seeing it from Anne's point of view really made what she's doing weird and maybe even wrong. So I like to have his point of view of this situation.
0: We were just talking about logic, right? It's like, where is the logic of this? It's just one of the things that you just kind of have to accept that like, again, these are teenagers. They don't always think with logic and sometimes they just, they go with their heart and they might have other like subconscious motives. It moves the plot forward. Mm-hmm. So Mia bikes to like a location and Alex pulls up. And she's difficult about getting into the car. She's like, can't we just go to a bar instead? He's like, no, I want to go somewhere else. She does get into his car, but she says, I will only go with you if I could drive your car. I love it. I love that he doesn't even have to he's like, sure. She doesn't expect it. And I love this metaphor. Again, it goes back to like Mia being in control. Like Mia will always want to be in the driver's seat of this relationship.
1: Yeah, I really, really like that scene that, like you said, Mia is still in control and Alex is just going with it. It's just mm-hmm. like, okay, you will drive and that's yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. So I was really surprised by that scene because that's something that doesn't happen in other yeah, remakes. Yeah. But I was really happy about that little change. That's powerful from mm-hmm. Mia to like drive Alex's car. like. Uh-huh. He's the one supposed to be like the macho, the tough guy.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: there she's the one in control. She's the one bringing Alex to a date.
0: Yeah, it's just such a different vibe between them. Even in the choice of song as they're driving. In the original, I love The Hills by The Weeknd. That song has like a sinister, sexy vibe to it. Kind of dangerous. Whereas the song here, which I don't even remember what song they chose. But I just remember it having a different vibe.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a sexy mystery vibe. It was just mm-hmm. chill.
0: Yeah, such a great scene. And so when they arrive at the place, it's like this like parking structure, parking lot, something where they can go on the roof to see the city lights and the view, which she calls them out on. Also, I noticed it in this scene that Alex kind of like loses his composure. Like you see it on his face. He's visibly annoyed with her. But at the same time, he's also persistent. Like he's like, I'm a little bit annoyed, but I'm still gonna go through with it. Try me, Mia. Like you can throw words at me, but it's not gonna affect me. I'm still gonna want to go on this date with you.
1: I feel like he's just going with everything that is happening, and in that scene, you can see that Mia annoys in Like with, yeah, like with everything <laughs> she does. Like he one to go there. on what to do that and everything. But it's just like, oh, I have to do this and I will go through it. And yeah, it's just nice to to see him. And I like Alex's joke about his dealer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, he's saying like, oh, you bring me to your dealer and it's just, mm-hmm. oh no, he's living somewhere
0: else. Like
1: he's just going with the joke.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, Definitely like she he, could throw that jab and he could throw it right back there. He can play along.
1: Yes, that's it. They play along and he's just going with it. So that's great. And I like the look he gives her in the Mm -hmm. elevator.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the next scene, they're on the rooftop. Alex offers her hot cocoa. And he starts talking about his family history, his grandma. So she calls him out on it. She's like, oh, is this what you do? Kind of like in the original. And he calls her mean. She reminds him that she doesn't actually want to be here. She doesn't want to get to know him, that she's only here because of the blackmail. He doesn't think it's blackmail and explains how it's not. Says that she, in fact, is the one lying to Kiki and blaming him for it. And Mia reiterates that she'll never be into Alex because of like who he is as a person. And she repeats that he's narcissistic and how he treats Kiki. And he admits that yeah he did want to hurt Kiki, but it's best that Kiki hates him because even if it's at the expense of her self esteem, he doesn't believe that he's capable of hurting her with just one sentence. That like this is clearly something Kiki has dealt with for like the bulk of her life.
1: Yeah, that that's something I hate about all versions of William. They all say that they can't destroy someone's self esteem with only one sentence. And I believe that that's not true at all. That's bullshit. And our appearance is such a small part of who we are. And Uh when we're young, we're just trying to fit in, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's hard to hear that we're not wanted for not being good or not being pretty enough. So people need to be careful with what they're saying because you never know what impact you have on others. So all the Williams and including Alex saying that Mm -hmm. You can't break someone by just one sentence that isn't right at all. It's so wrong for them to say that. I know they are trying to get out of this situation of not being the bad guy, Mm -hmm. but they are like, maybe this is what brought Kiki to be so intense in Mm -hmm. our eating disorder. Like you, you don't know what's going on in her head.
0: Yeah, it's wrong. It's also like, That one comment is the straw that broke the camel's back coming from a person that means a lot to you. Like Alex means a lot to Kiki. And so the weight of his comment is more than like the weight of like 50 people combined. Like, yeah, like, I've never been a fan of like this scene where the William character is trying to defend himself and like explain that like, yeah, you know, Vilde or Kiki, she pursued me, you know, she went after me and blah, blah, blah. And like, he never gave her any expectations, but like, you still didn't have to like lead her on, especially in this remake where he is dating her. Yeah, Yeah. that's even worse like even when like Alex brings up, "Oh, you're the one who insulted me in front of my friends." I'm like, "Hold up, buddy. You also insulted Kiki like 2 seconds before Mia even said anything to you in season 1." And so like, I'm not going to be on your side here. It's a weak argument. I don't know how it's working on Mia because she seems to take it and she starts sipping his cocoa. I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna try to ignore this part.
1: <laughs> yeah, same. I like Mia always has some great argument, but like uh-huh. with Alex, she seems to forget about our brain. <laughs> She's forgetting about her quote. She she mm-hmm. just go with everything he says, even if that's wrong. And yeah. yeah, same. I didn't understand how she could believe what he said. That was not mia's yes, character, I feel like.
0: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the time to fold. I don't understand it, but I guess it's just for the sake of the episode and the show, we're like, okay, fine, fine. Back to the episode. Alex offers her some warm cocoa. Then he gets like a text message and he checks it. He looks kind of annoyed and hesitates. And this is different because in all of the versions I've seen, the William character leaves like right away. But here it's like, you can see Alex is struggling with going or not. He's like, oh, I have my chance here with Mia. I don't really have to go, but whatever's happening, he knows that it's a priority. And even like Mia wants to continue the conversation with him. She asks him why he's not with Kiki now. But then he apologizes to her and says that he has to leave abruptly. And that shocks her. Then I like that he assures her like, hey, Mia, you've reached your part of the deal. We can leave now. But you can totally tell that Mia is interested on in him. You can see it on her face. Like she's like, what? Like the date's ending? Like it's not going according to her plan. Because like you said, she always wants to be in control. She wants to be the one to end the date.
1: Yeah. She seems like almost disappointed and You're right, it's maybe because she wanted to end it herself and to Mm -hmm. kind of have that control over Alex and to Mm -hmm. hurt him in Uh a way. Maybe she wanted to be like the bad girl, like the mean one who's ending the date, like I'm bored, I don't want to talk to you anymore and everything. But in the end, she's the one standing alone and Mm -hmm. Alex is the one leaving,
0: Left with like the sense of like it's unfinished.
1: Yeah, you know? exactly.
0: Yeah. All right, so we're on to episode three of season two now. The title is "Break Up with Her." The episode starts off on Santok, and it's the girl cabin episode, which I'm like, yay! So the girls are packing up their car. They laugh at Kiki, who looks like she's going glamping instead of real camping because she has like her pink suitcase. And she brought all of her hair products. You know, in fact, I think she brought her entire bathroom with her.
1: Yeah, like I was like, who needs so many hair products while on vacation, especially where nobody's going to see you? Yeah. Like, just your friends. So they're all looking at her like, where do you think you're going?
0: Right, right. And, you know, I love that there's a bit of like a, a hair discussion between the girls, because we have Amira and Sam here who are women of color. And so they're bringing their own perspective about what they deal with with hair products, because a lot of like salons and products out there are very like Eurocentric. And so there's definitely more of a cost for women of color when it comes to maintaining their hair and their hairstyles.
1: Yeah, I was really glad to hear about Sam and Amira uh, dealing with their hair. And mm. Amira saying like, just because I'm wearing a hijab doesn't mean I'm not taking care of my hair.
0: Yeah. That's
1: a big like stereotype maybe. Uh-huh.
0: Misconception, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that was good for them to explain how they're, they are dealing with their hair and Sam to say that it costs a lot for her to take care mm-hmm. of her hair.
0: It's like a seemingly throwaway line, but like no real fans of the show, people who care more about just like surface level shit will pick up on it and talk about it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and so the girls are in the car, they're driving up to the cabin having fun, you know, a lot of fun uh, scenes, like a montage of them enjoying themselves. Of course, Kiki can't stop talking about Alex. She's a little bit worried about him. But then she has to pee because she has consumed a lot of water. So they pull up on the side of the road to let her go, relieve herself. Sam talks about how she has shitty reception on her phone because she's tindering. (laughs) It's just a hilarious scene here about how she has started a conversation with Manfred, a 47 year old on Tinder who is looking for love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was really funny because she's like in the middle of nowhere.
0: And this
1: is only person on tinder in this area so that she's matching with him talking with him that's really funny
0: exactly yeah and then this is contrasted against mia who is also on her phone because she's texting alex asking him when he'll hold up his end of the deal now that they've gone out on a date that he has to break up with kiki
1: yeah and knowing what happened next that wasn't maybe the best idea ever to ask him like that day maybe because like they are in holidays they are
0: supposed to be happy
1: and everything so maybe Mia should have waited a bit more yeah yeah
0: but before that heartbreaking scene we get a cute little uh snippet of the girls singing in my feelings by Drake because the song is about a girl named Kiki How fitting, how adorable.
1: Yeah, well, that's my song of the episode because (laughs) exactly, I think it just fits so well with the scene. I'm not a fan of Drake, but this was a good sound choice for, like they made Phil Kiki real good in that moment. So that was great.
0: I can't wait to hear more about it when we get to our fun sections. Yeah. All right, so... It's Montauk next. They've arrived at the cabin. Mia's preparing some sweet potatoes, which has a deeper meaning now because, as we know, in season one, Hannah referred to Jonas as her favorite sweet potato. So I thought that was really cute. Mia is, yes, peeling the potatoes as Kiki is complaining about Alex not texting her back. And, of course, Kiki notices the sweet potatoes and notes that they have a lot of sugar in them. To which Mia explains her, contrary to what you believe, sweet potatoes are actually very healthy for you. You know, they have more fiber, they're lower on the glycemic index. And this piques Kiki's interest about potatoes and asks her how she knows about them.
1: Yeah, I always loved that talk between mm-hmm. Nura and Vilda about potatoes. Like this is such a great scene, so mm-hmm. important because we're told so many things about food and kiki she must read a lot about that kind of stuff like this mm-hmm. is nothing and don't mm-hmm. eat that that's bad for you mm-hmm. you'll gain weight and everything so we don't usually see the other side like the positive side of yeah. food especially mm-hmm. for someone who has an eating disorder mm-hmm. all she sees in food is bad things like yeah, weight and everything. So I think that's great that Mia is telling about, about those things.
0: Exactly. Because she's already limiting herself by being a vegan. So it's like, okay, you're vegan. You can only really eat vegetables and other products. Right. But like, okay, now she's villainizing sweet potatoes. So it's like even more of a limited diet. So I'm glad. Yeah. Like you said, Mia is there to show her the positives of these fruits and vegetables. And yes, before Mia can explain how she knows about the positives of sweet potatoes, Hannah interrupts them to tell them that Sam and Manfred are still conversing with one another. (laughs) You know, it's a funny little uh, insertion of humor because, you know, this this episode could be a bit heavy at times. So I'm glad that they had that little running joke. And Manfred is, I guess, the Casper of this episode.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about, like, The original situation is kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. But this one is just really funny (laughs) because it's just like a Tinder match with an old man. And Sam is just so open with him. It's just funny to see that kind of change.
0: Definitely. Yeah, and another change is actually in the next scene because they're doing like some kind of like predicting your future I think they're dropping like hot metal into water to uh, to see like when it cools off what structure or form the metal takes there's conversation once again about alex because that's all kiki can focus on she thinks that the hot metal that's uh, cooled off looks like his penis
1: i'm um, so amira and sad in this scene when kiki mm-hmm. keeps bringing everything back to alexander i'm just mm-hmm okay we get it now moves on so yeah you yeah. know just like so annoyed by kiki and it's just really funny that kiki says that about mia's uh-huh. turn so mm-hmm. it's just funny that she automatically
0: relate that to alexander yeah everything's all about alex because like yeah even when uh, kiki checks her phone like alex hasn't even replied to her yet but Hannah checks her phone and it shows them that Jonas is posting pictures with some other girl. So, yeah, we're, we're getting a little bit of their storyline continuing here. Yeah,
1: that's really nice that they are keeping all the girls' storyline. Like mm-hmm. we all see a bit of their lives.
0: That's yeah, interesting, yeah. Yeah. So it's nearing midnight. They all go out and, you know, they start lighting up sparklers. It's really cute. It's, you know, warm, fun, New Year's vibes. Mia makes a beautiful speech about the friendship. I love how she's a bit realistic too, saying that next year when we graduate, we might separate, go our own ways. That can and will happen to some of them. And she starts making guesses about their futures, which, you know, sounds about right. I love how Hannah... It even makes a jab at her own self, a little bit of self-deprecating humor about. And Hannah will be unemployed.
1: Yeah, Hannah is just so relatable in that scene. She's just like, well, I don't know what to do with my life, so I'll be unemployed. So it's just really funny. And Amira being like president, that fits her character so well. So I'm really proud that they said that. But yeah, I just love their little speech about their friendship. And mm-hmm. I'm totally the kind of person to get emotional about that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So I'm the, always the one telling my friends how much I love them and everything.
0: Yeah, it's super important. Like, you know, yes, some things are unsaid or unspoken of, but no, like with your friends, if you truly care about them, tell them, write them a text or email, or even better, tell them in person. It might feel uncomfortable or awkward, but... With true friends, you have to push past those feelings to get to how you honestly feel about them because things are fleeting in life. You just, you never know what happens. And it's always great to get that reminder. I love that Kiki takes over and she even tells each of them how important they are, how reliable they are, how super special they are to her. And Mia here is teary-eyed. And like, I love that like she's affected by it because, you know, those are raw, honest feelings.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like- I think especially after the year we just went through, it's really important Goodness. to tell our friends that, I'm yes. friendly, that we love them. Like, so that scene really felt great to see that they really care about each other and they really love each other. And this friendship, this like you said, the girl squad in this remake is just amazing
0: definitely so mad props to not only the writing team for including the scene but also to the actresses for making us feel the connection between the characters and so in the midst of this in the midst of them being sentimental and loving to one another they realize that oh my god it's almost midnight we have to start lighting up our candles our sparklers And so they start doing that. They count down to midnight and it's the New Year's. They start kissing each other, giving each other little nuzzles and hugs. It's just really cute. Until Kiki looks down at her phone because Alex has finally messaged her. She goes off. The next thing we know, it's raining. The girls find her crying because Alex has ended things with her. He's told her that he has a new girlfriend. And as the girls comfort her, Mia kind of knows that she's messed up. This isn't going according to her plan, or at least not the way she's wanted it to. Like, I think it's kind of naive for her to assume that Alex ending things with Kiki would be easy and smooth. Like, of course it's not. It's Kiki. She's an emotional creature.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, for real, Kiki's crying gave me goosebumps because Mm -hmm. it felt just so real. It sounded so real and deep. She's such a good actress. And I like that Amira says that Alex is such an honorless dog. He really deserved what Amira said because he broke up with Kiki by voice messages. And on midnight on New Year, that's the worst thing to -hmm. do. But I think he really wanted to piss Mia off with that, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of a revenge. But yeah, there Mia really realized how much she messed up with trying to get Alex to break up with Kiki. Like Mm -hmm. this couldn't go well in any way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, this is the mess that she's kind of created and she has to deal with it. Yeah. So the next day it's Dean's talk. It's Tuesday. It's a gray rainy morning. Everyone is still asleep. Well, at least that's what we think because Neil wakes up and she can't find Kiki. She eventually finds her in the water and Kiki is like oddly elated. She's oddly perky and happy. It's her new year's resolution to do a polar bear swim, which is an early morning swim in cold, cold water. And of course Kiki brings up how it could benefit her because if it were freezing cold, the uh, contrast and temperatures can help her burn fat. Of Mm. course she would say that.
1: Yeah. She has two obsessions and like she had Alex and eating disorder and everything that this is involving and now that she doesn't have alex anymore like she's really focusing on the other and
2: mm-hmm.
1: everything will be around that now yeah i thought that the cinematic at the beginning was with the lake and everything that mm-hmm. was so beautiful
0: oh gorgeous
1: like, good morning with the, the rain and the, mm-hmm. the sun that was just so beautiful. And the old clip was so heartwarming.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I love Mia and Kiki's interaction, and mm-hmm. Mia calling Kiki a superwoman. That was so cute.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, Let me bring you your cape, superwoman. Mm-hmm. And that was just really a great moment between them.
0: Yeah, no, like you were saying, yeah, yeah calling her a superwoman, it's building her up. Like, she knows that Kiki has self esteem issues. So, like, calling her a superwoman, it's small, but it's effective especially, you know, knowing what she's going through. Cause like, you know, for those who haven't seen season five, even though it's not Kiki season, you know, we do get a background story with her sister, Nora. And so like that girl is dealing with a lot.
1: She's the older sister. So yeah, she has to take care of the family in addition to everything else she's going through.
0: Definitely. And so the next song that plays, it's not my top song of the episode. But every time Robin is played in a Scam remake, I have to highlight it. I have to give it its moment. I absolutely love the song Honey by Robin. I really wanted to choose that as my top song, but I didn't because I don't think it was like effectively used, but I'm still going to give it its little spotlight.
1: I don't know if you remember, but when I was doing the subtitles in French, and Uh i got to that song i sent you a message about yes i remember oh my god there's some rabbit in drug so yeah rabbit is just so iconic in scam Mm -hmm. every time i hear her i'm just so excited it brings back the the scam feeling
0: yeah yeah it's funny because uh in one of our previous episodes when we did the collaboration with the cries in the region podcast one of the hosts lisco was like oh i don't really know much about robin i was like girl i got you i will send you a playlist of robin songs and it's one of the playlists that i listen to the most often and that was tangent 107 all about robin <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so back to the show uh, the girls are chilling outside Jonas hasn't texted hannah back sam is hung apparently she was busy sexing with manfred and then amira gets a message and this is you know tying back to what we were talking about earlier about something going on with her she claims that she has an appointment with her family and has to cut their week-long trip short and then sam mentions that carlos has a party And that Kiki has a special invite. So perhaps they should go. You know, it sucks that their trip is ending. But, you know, if it has to end for the next scenes, then I'm okay with it. And it sounds like, yeah, we really have to go because I sent Manfred our location.
1: Yeah, that that was kind of a normal clip. But a lot is going on in that
0: Yeah. Like
1: you said, there is something with Anna. Then... Amira is getting that message we can see that she's lying like it's not an appointment with her family definitely Mm -hmm. not and we see that in the next clip but Mm -hmm. it's nice that she gets her own kind of storyline on the side and yeah the special invite from Carlos for the party and Sam clearly regrets staying with Manfred that night and yeah the girls leaving that was just like they had no choice after what she said about <laughs> yeah. the red, like the guy could show up anytime now. So they don't have the choice to go.
0: And, you know, we got to point out how inappropriate it is that a 47 year old man is talking to a teenage girl. I mean, perhaps Sam lied about her age on Tinder, but if she yeah, sent but- him her pictures, her pictures will show that she is a young woman. So, a little bit, like, not a little bit, a lot iffy right there.
1: Yeah, like, they can't just stay there and wait for (laughs) Manfred.
0: Yeah, yeah, please don't. Yeah, which leads us to the next scene, which is on Meetvac Wednesday. They're driving back. We get this, like, scene of the girls just on their phones. They're on social media. They're all deleting certain things. Sam is deleting her conversations with Manfred. Kiki is deleting Alex from her phone. And we have Hannah looking at pictures of Jonas. And then Amira gets a phone call from Pavel, Pavel or something. Pavel?
2: Oops,
1: Pavel.
0: <laughs> yeah, who who are you, mysterious guy? And she like quickly turns off her speaker. I'm like, how suspicious. Hey, and
1: all the girls, all, they are just looking at each other. They don't want to ask questions because they know Amira won't yeah. want to answer it. But they're looking at each other, and you can see that Sam and Anna are probably texting about
0: uh-huh,
1: it. Uh huh. Uh huh. So we want to know more about yeah, it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love how we don't even get to see their text to one another because we know what they're saying. They're typing what we're thinking. Yeah. We know. <laughs> yeah. We know. Yeah. Uh, so Fry is next. It's the big, fun, laser tag party. Apparently, it's Carlos's birthday. Hannah tells Mia that Carlos might have a crush on Kiki and Kiki exits the restroom. It looks like she's been crying and vomiting because she kind of like wipes her eyes and checks her teeth. It's just, you know, Kiki and her self-destructive behaviors. And then she takes a swig of alcohol and the others do it. And they all have a fun time with laser tag.
1: This is also a great idea for beautiful, colorful scene
0: mm-hmm.
1: with the lights and the loud music. So. Is just a really great cinematic place to film. Definitely. And about Kiki, I think she overheard the conversation between Mia and Anna, oh. and that probably gave her some ideas because yeah, she's yeah. checking herself, she's checking her teeth. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. That's- probably planning on some on doing something. So that's my guess. I think she heard Mia and Anna, and that that she's planning something.
0: So, yeah, I like how we have two different interpretations and they could be both right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Serves a dual purpose.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I think both are right.
0: Yeah. So, back to the episode. They're all playing laser tag. I love how we get a moment of Hannah and Jonas with one another. Hannah shoots him. And then Kiki shoots Carlos too. And they have a little moment. And then here, Mia's, you know, playing matchmaker. She guides Carlos to Kiki and he calls her a loser after hitting her. Then Kiki herself. Kisses him. Like it serves again as a dual purpose to distract him, but she also wants to have a bit of fun. She wishes him a happy birthday and then points her laser tag gun at him and shoots him. I am a big fan of Carlos. I find him to be completely goofy and adorable.
1: Yeah, I think that kiss was awesome. Carlos was just not expecting this at all. Not at all. Yeah. He invited Kiki, but he was not expecting her to kiss him like just like that Mm -hmm. so that was a great scene and the fact that she kind of used the laser tag excuse to like distract him and Mm -hmm. to like shoot him right after so yeah that that was a great idea
0: it was smart writing exactly so post game carlos talks to kiki as the girls are watching he wants to hang out with her but she shoots down the idea and says she only wanted to make out with him i'm like oh Come on, Kiki. And then, like, she like, takes his joint, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, she takes it. And what's bugging me is that right after we see her with her hands in her pockets. Uh-huh. So, like, where's the joint? Will it burn her pocket? Did she dropped it? Like, I don't know. It just yeah, disappeared. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's why I was confused. I was like, I thought I saw her taking it. And then the next shot, it's gone.
1: Yeah. yeah. And the next shot, she
0: has her hand in her
1: pocket. So yeah. I'm just. Okay. Well, yeah. what okay. was the point of taking it
0: then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Kiki says, Oh, she's done. You know, it's time for her to go. And the girls all follow her. And she's like strutting out. She's super confident. She's like super woman now, you know, it might be a front, but it was a very interesting way to end the episode. Like I wasn't sure. And I still have no idea what's going to happen next. And that makes it really exciting. Like, I can't wait to watch the next episode.
1: Yeah, here I feel kind of bad for Carlos because he was so confused. Like out of nowhere, Kiki kisses him and then he asks her how and she's just like, No, I just wanted to kiss you. Yeah. <laughs> he's just so confused, like, well, where this is going. So yeah, I feel bad for him here because it's just he's just so lovely. Like he's goofy and he's just trying to be nice with Kiki. So I felt bad for him.
0: Definitely. So yeah, that's our recap and review of episodes one, two, and three of season two. Overall, Kat, what did you think of these episodes?
1: I think it's a powerful start off for a season two. A lot is going on. We get to see a bit of all the girls' life. Mm-hmm. And it's always kind of related to Mia. So that's great. And I really like all the little changes that Drug is doing that makes it so worth watching. Like, mm-hmm. you never know what to expect because you know there is something that will be different from the other remakes or mm-hmm. from the original. So that's what makes Drug so interesting to watch, in my opinion.
0: Definitely, I agree with you. Yeah, like watching these three episodes, the changes made it fresh, made it exciting. It makes it a bit unpredictable at times. And the characters, they, they aren't carbon copies of the OG. Like, again, Mia is Nora, but it's her own take on it. She's a bit more serious. Like, I've always found Nora to be a little bit more playful. And I don't find Mia to be playful. And that's okay. to me. And I also love how they incorporated, like you said, a little bit of each girl in the episode. And I think because we can never get a real Bill Day season... This season with Mia, there is a healthy amount of Kiki in it. Like we get a lot of her backstory too, or like as much as we can from Mia's point of view. And so I think it makes for a really compelling start and I can't wait to watch the next few episodes.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like in other remakes or in other season two, the beginning feel a bit long because there is not much going on between Nura and William. Mm-hmm. But here there is always something going on because we're like focused on Kiki for now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting to get to know more about her and to like fill up the the beginning of the season mm-hmm. with her story.
0: Yeah, especially because Nora's season was 12 episodes, whereas Nia's season's only 10. And so they have to condense certain things.
1: They didn't lose time. With unnecessary things, they just Mm -hmm. went straight to the point.
0: Exactly, yeah. All right, are you ready for our fun section, Sarah? Yeah, I'm ready. First up is MVP, who is your most valuable player of the three episodes we've watched?
1: Well, I kind of have one for each episode. So for episode one, I wrote Mia because, Uh yeah, we know she's the main, but Mm -hmm. I think she's the standout character in this episode because... She's really caring about Kiki. She's Mm -hmm. trying to deal with everything at the same time, Alex, our family, Christmas. And yet she still tries to help Kiki as best as she can. Mm -hmm. In episode two, um, I didn't really have one, but Uh I went with Hans because we only saw him twice uh-huh. But both time he says something really important, really serious, like with his family about being straight, gay, and everything. Mm-hmm. And later with Mia, when she's about to go on a date, he's really questioning her, Is trying to see the logic in all of this. We didn't see him a lot, but it was two important moments for Mia and for Han's character, too. Mm-hmm. And for episode three, I don't have one. <laughs> And it's okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think looking at these episodes, I'm like, okay, I don't think I could find one per episode. Mia overall is a flawed character, but I'm cool with that. So ultimately she is my MVP for the three episodes because her flaws seem realistic and relatable. I, I get more of a sense that she's a mother hen. She's like a mama bear. Like She's more serious than Nora. And like, I get it. I think it's shocking that I am an adult because sometimes I feel like a child. But whenever I watch these shows, I always look for the more responsible, the more adult-like characters because I kind of like relate to them in ways. And so seeing Mia do this and like, I understand her mindset and like her actions are messy, but I kind of get it because she's just such a protective character. Like she wants to protect me from the hurt. And so, yeah, she's flawed, but she's also MVP because I relate to her.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I relate a lot to Mia, as you said. She's not perfect, but yeah. like I like that we see that part of her. Like mm-hmm. in other remake, we often see the new Ross as being perfect and always mm-hmm. trying to look perfect. But mm-hmm. with Mia, it, it's a completely different thing she's Mm -hmm. not trying to look always like a top model or she's not trying to to be someone maybe she's not so Mm -hmm. she feels more authentic than the other neuras in my opinion
0: definitely yeah yeah and that's why she gets some of our mvp spots next up we have best songs i know that you mentioned the drake song as your best song did you want to elaborate more on that or did you have other ones as well well,
1: for episode three, that was my song. I think it really fits the scene. It was a great thing to sing that to Kiki to make her feel great, to make mm-hmm. her feel powerful. All the girls singing it to her, that was like a sweet moment. For the other episode, I know that in episode one, they use, I think they use twice songs by Love. So I'm quite a fan of him. So Mm -hmm. every time I hear a song of him in Scam or in Drug, I'm always so happy about it. They use two in that episode. The first one, Constable, and the other, I Like Me Better. That's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite songs. It's a really good song. And at the end also, we hear some Billie Eilish. I think Billie Eilish really fits the drug vibe. We hear her a lot. Like she uh-huh. almost in every episode. So I said that the melody of the song at the end of episode one really fits the scene in the energy. I think it's when Mia is lying in bed and she's texting Alex. So it's kind of a, a sweet, slow melody. It's really it really fits the scene.
0: Yeah, like what you said about Billie Eilish. I think it's, like, a running joke that, like, she is in, like, every series, every remake, basically. Like, the song, When the Party's Over, is used in so many remakes and in different contexts, too. Like, in some remakes, the song is used, like, in a sad scene. Some remakes is used, like, in a a romantic, sexy scene. So it's interesting to see how that song is interpreted. And it was almost my song of the episodes, too. Oh,
1: yeah. And what are yours?
0: So for me, in episode one, I chose All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. And that is such a classic Christmas song. Like if you want to get a Christmas party started, that's the number one song on your playlist because everyone will sing along to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like like I said, I'm not a fan of Christmas. Like when I hear it at the radio or whatever, I'm just annoyed by it, but if I'm going to a party or if I'm with some friends, I will definitely sing it. Of
0: course, it's a requirement. And then I also chose Woman by Kesha in episode three, when the girls are like in the car or they're getting ready to go to the trip. That's just like a, a great female empowerment song, but it's also a really fun one, too. Yes, absolutely.
1: And it's- when we see like Kiki arriving with all her packages.
0: Yeah. like
1: I think it, it's just A really powerful song.
0: Yeah, because you think about the show, SCOM in general, you know, the core of it is female friendships and about empowering women. And so that's just a really fitting song for it. Exactly. All right. Next up, we have language learned. What is a phrase or a word that you learned from these episodes?
1: Here, I made kind of um, like a comparison with French because Uh in episode three, When the girls are playing this game where they drop steel in water, well, Mia gets a penis, you know? And while she says that it's not a penis, that it's an eggplant, well, eggplant in German is exactly the same word as in French. It's aubergine. Uh And we can clearly hear it. And I was like, wait, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, now I'm saying it like in French. I don't know the, the German accent, but I was really surprised to hear that. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with, you know, by the way, which is apropos in German. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the same in French, just it's in two words in French, but apropos mean by the way. So I was really surprised to hear some French in the German language because we often hear German kind of words in mm-hmm. German. It's really similar, but I was glad to hear some some words that were a lot like French.
0: Awesome. So for me, both of mine come from episode three. So in the car, they're talking about Manfred on Tinder. And now he's not into ons. And I was like, what is ons? And the girls explained ons, O and S stands for one night stands. So I thought that was really cute. It's like a little bit of lingo that I was not privy to. And then the other phrase I learned, you actually brought it up earlier. It's what Amira calls Alex. She calls him an honorless dog. And the German translation is loser Hund," which I am sure I am butchering it. So I have it on my phone ready to play.
2: loser
0: Hund. And what I like about it is that the German word in the middle of it actually has the word loser in it. And so I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah, that's really cool because it brings like a lot of meaning to that Mm -hmm. word.
0: Very layered. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially in that situation, it totally fits what she's calling Alex.
0: Right, right. All right. Next up, we have trivia. So what's some trivia that you learned from these episodes?
1: So, I remember when I was doing my French translation that I had to do a research about the stolen. It is mentioned in one of Anna's messages in the beginning of episode two. She said mm-hmm. that she made a stolen. So, according to Wikipedia, it's actually a fruit bread. Oh, fruit bread with nuts, spices. Uh, dry fruits with icing or powdered sugar on it. It's a traditional German bread uh, made during Christmas time. And honestly, it looks actually super good. And I'd really love to try it because we have fruit bread here, but Mm -hmm. this one looks excellent.
0: Awesome. Can't wait to uh, look up some recipes. And if you make it, you'll have to send me a picture, Kath.
1: Oh, yeah, I will. Now I definitely want to, to try it. I find a recipe somewhere and I'll mm-hmm. try it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, this week's trivia is brought to us by our historical correspondent, Claire. Welcome back, Claire.
3: Why, thank you, Ben. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah. So in the episode, the Third Reich of Germany was mentioned comparing the apartheid in South Africa to the Third Reich. Can you please give us some trivia about it and likeness
3: on what you know? For sure. All right. So uh, there's a comparison between the Third Reich and South African apartheid. And so, you know, I've studied one of these topics much more than the other. And the comparison that I think this teacher is trying to make has a lot to do with the type of government being authoritarian or really restrictive in terms of, restricting um, people's civil liberties, specifically one group or multiple groups over another, right? So um, from the very beginning of Hitler's time as chancellor um, in 1933, he really instituted a lot of labor laws and citizenship laws that restricted the membership to only quote unquote, like German citizens. And then they later defined what a German citizen was. And it turns out, ah, oh, you could be Aryan, which is a made up construct, but right, basically excluding groups based on perceived or real race, sexuality, ethnicity, um, religion, cultural group, et cetera. And then of course, like within the South African apartheid government, there were a lot of restrictive, you know, <laughs> Certain groups can't go certain places, can't vote, can't have these liberties, et cetera. So that is what I think they were referencing.
0: Thank you so much, Claire, for giving me some context on that conversation between the students and the teacher. Well, mostly the teacher.
3: Yay. Yeah, you're welcome. You know me, history nerd.
0: Well, I can't wait to have you back again for more historical content.
3: Uh, anytime.
0: So that's our trivia this week. So thank you, Claire. All right. So next up, we have fashion suits. What are some fashion looks from these episodes that you enjoyed?
1: Well, first of all, I really liked Anna's purple jacket in the scene where she's walking with Mia in oh, episode one. I think the purple color fits her so well. And that mm-hmm. jacket seems so comfy. And with that scarf, that's a too. It really looks good on her.
0: Awesome, yeah, yeah. I actually have some opinions about that later on. What you know? Okay, the jacket I love. The headband. Spoiler alert: will be my fashion boots.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For episode two, I think Anne's shirt in the scene where uh, he's talking with Mia before mm-hmm. our date. Okay, that's a funky shirt, but that's totally something I'd wear because mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like that kind of patterns and those yeah. cars and things. so that was a good look for me and i think it totally fits its character and uh for episode three i really like anna's green sweater when they mm-hmm. are in the car i think just like purple i think green it fits her so well she's so beautiful it goes so well with her hair so i really like the green sweater
0: nice yeah some good looks there in the cabin so for me, I tooted two things. And funny enough, what I tooted, it appears in multiple episodes. So in episode one and two, Mia wears her like patterned wool tweed jacket with like the browns and tans with a bit of black. Kind of looks like Sherlock Holmes' coat. And I know that it's something that she wears throughout the series, but it was kind of hard for me to find some toots. I'm not a big fan of the drunk fashions, but me even... like. Yeah. They
1: don't have a very fancy style like in other remake, but in, in drug therapy, they just are
0: teenagers
1: wearing sweaters and jeans. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to find like fashion looks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so bulky. It's like I get, I get that it's cold. I get that it's winter, but they are just throwing on layers upon layers upon layers. Yeah. And it's, it's not really fashion to me. Like even what Mia is wearing, what she pairs that jacket with, I don't like, like she's wearing like, it's like gray hoodie and then like a, like blue beanie on top. It doesn't fit, but I'm going to ignore it. So I can two that jacket. And then the other two I have is from episode two and three. It's what Sam is wearing. So Sam has on this like sweater with metallic tones. It's kind of like purple and gold and sparkly. And it's just like a a really cute look on her. And I feel like with the show being set currently in the winter, of course they need to wear sweaters. And this is a great example of a stylish, fashionable, like statement sweater, because it's sparkly. It also picks up on her nails because she has these silver nails on. And so I feel like it complements her look.
1: Yeah. And it's not for nothing that Mia says she's going to go into fashion design or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. She's stylish.
0: Gotta give it to Sam. All right. So on to our fashion boots now. What looks did you not enjoy?
1: Well, first of all, I have the Mia's Christmas outfit. Like everyone is so well-dressed and she's mm-hmm. wearing some red tank top, too short for her. Like that's something I would wear to sleep, not for a Christmas <laughs> party. Like, yeah,
0: that just doesn't fit the Christmas party Mm at all. Okay. So like for me with that look, I, yeah, it was kind of plain for me. I think that Mia or Melina, the actress is just stunning. So like, she doesn't have to do a lot to look good. Like going back to my fashion too, with that jacket she was wearing and it being paired with like other random articles of clothing. When you just zoom in on that girl's face, she is gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, I totally agree that Mia is just a fashion by herself. So everything she's wearing is looking good on her. But yeah, that Christmas outfit just didn't make it for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, understandable. So for me, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I am booting Hannah's oversized muted pink headband. It's just not the right size for her head. And I think it's also throwing me off that her hair is shorter. And her hair also looks lighter to me. Like it's not as vibrantly red as it was in season one. And so together with her shorter hair, her lighter hair, that gigantic muted pink headband, it looks off to me. I didn't really quite enjoy it from episodes one and two.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: All right, so our next section is everything is love. What are you enjoying that's unrelated to scum? And I have a feeling I know what it is
1: yeah well i talked about it a bit earlier but so as many people have seen it since this weekend on my instagram and my twitter i'm completely obsessed with this new netflix show called young royals it is a swedish series about a young prince and his name is vilain and this prince has to change schools after a video of him fighting in party went viral so I don't want to spoil anything. So I'm just going to say that this is a LGBTQ plus show. And it mm-hmm. is incredibly well done. The chemistry between the characters is just unbelievable. They absolutely made me feel in love with them. They've been stuck in my head for days now. I just, I can't stop thinking about them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And another thing that I love about this series, besides the chemistry and the beautiful cinematics, is that the actors actually look like teenagers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They, they, are do. Young.
1: Yeah, they are young, they have acne, they have scars, they have anxiety, they are awkward and it's, it's just so refreshing to see that kind of representation in, on a teen show and on a Netflix show. Like mm-hmm. we're used to see like older actors and perfect skin and like in Elliot or Riverdale or that kind mm-hmm. of show. Well, they are just perfect. But in that show it's just so refreshing to see real things. Mm -hmm. And also the communication in that show is incredible. Like, Scam is just based on miscommunication. If you remove all the miscommunication in Scam, (laughs) there is no show.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Everything would be resolved so quickly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Scam is based on miscommunication. And in this show, it's all about communication. So it's Mm really satisfying to watch. So yeah, I truly recommend this show to everyone who loves Scam.
0: It's definitely on my list. So many people have sent me DMs and messages recommending the show. I promise everyone I will watch it soon. And also because I know that some of the music that they use in Young Royals has been featured on Scam.
1: Yeah, there is very important song from Scam France that is in Ron Royals. It is even sung by one of the actors, so it, and he will release a cover of that song, oh. so I'm really excited about it.
0: Awesome. Can't wait. So for me, I have two things that I'm loving unrelated to Scam and Druck. The first is a show on HBO Max called Mayor of East Town, and it has Kate Winslet in it, along with Evan Peters and a few others. It's a more adult show, it is the complete 180 from SCOM and Young Royals about a detective in a pennsylvanian town investigating a murder of a young girl and aside from that it's just a portrait of a woman dealing with grief in her life dealing with like small town interactions there's some drug abuse going on i will say that the finale of the show and it's a limited series it's only going to be like one season i watched the finale i had to pause it in the middle of the episode because i was bawling my eyes out like uncontrollably crying because i couldn't handle it and then i had to like do something and i came back finished the episode continued to cry i sound really dramatic i am totally a person that cries during shows like oh yeah skip- right.
1: well me too i
0: always yeah. cry always oh, oh my god scom has made me cry on so many occasions so. oh
2: my god yes
0: <laughs> and so yeah so this show i was just like crying my eyes out and i had to send texts to like jason to my sister to be, like this show has ruined me for the rest of the day. I am wrecked. Um, sounds traumatic, but that's what happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I did the same. Basically, every show I watch, like I literally had a breakdown after watching Young Wilds for the second time. I sent like voice messages to my <laughs> best friend. I was just having a breakdown. Like I'm gonna be alone forever, and I was just Aww. crying. <laughs> so yeah, I'm the kind to get emotional yeah. with TV shows. <laughs>
0: Look at these shows affecting us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. And then on the flip side, Jason and I went on a date. We went to this honeybee sanctuary. So it was in the backyard of this man who runs a honeybee rescue. And he taught us a lot about how honeybees live. I got to wear the full suit. I got to just be immersed around bees. I got to go to the honeybee's hives and pull out the combs inspect them i got to taste raw honey just learn about how to conserve how to protect the bees and things like that it was just a really fun experience like you would think being surrounded by thousands of bees would be really scary but it was oddly a chill serene experience
1: well that sounds like a really good date idea to be honest and like i'm not a fan of bees but i would definitely do that
0: I will send you some pictures of it in a video of me. So moving on to our next section, it's our shout out sections. Is there anyone in the scum, drug, what the fuck, any community related to scum that you want to shout out, someone that you believe deserves a lot of praise?
1: Well, yeah, I want to shout out my friend uh, Morgan. Our fan account is on Instagram. It's abby.shaker. So it's related to drug, of course. And I want to give her a shout out because she's the person who helps me the most with mm-hmm. French subtitles. Like she does everything to make it easier for me. And I just can't be more thankful. She has translated all of scamostin in, in mm-hmm. French and now she's helping me with all the remakes. Her work is so well done. Mm-hmm. So go give her some love. She truly deserves it because I wouldn't be able to do all of this without her. I think she deserves a lot of love for everything she's doing for the community, not just the French subtitles. She helped me for the Grand Hotel with it. Mm-hmm.
2: So
1: She really helped me with that, with the timing, with the subtitles. So go give her some love.
0: Definitely. You heard it, everyone. Please follow Abby Shaker on Instagram. Okay, so we're on to our last section, our very fun and shallow section. It's called, Who's Your Hottie? So Kat, who is a hottie that you would like to suggest for me?
1: Well, you know my love for Aristides.
0: Of course, I'm not, yes.
1: I'm not hiding it, but I'm not gonna talk about him today. Like I think everyone knows he's hot. So I decided to go for another one of my new celebrity crush. And it's not Damiano from Menskin. It's not Patrick from Edit, uh, but it's still a character, well, actress from Edit. I'm talking about Claudia Salas, who's playing Rebecca in Elite.
0: Oh, Rebe. Love Rebe. Yeah.
1: She is a queen. So I already loved her in previous mm-hmm. season, but she totally killed it in season four. She's the queen of the season. I think she's absolutely beautiful and her talent is amazing. She really carried the season. And I recently saw that she will be doing a new project and she's working with Irene, who's playing Chris in *Scam Oh,
0: Irene! Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the like it's like two worlds colliding. So mm-hmm. it's really nice to see that. So yeah, that's
0: my auntie. She is amazing. I've loved her ever since she was added to the cast in season two, and there was always just something special about her. I'm like you know what, I'm gonna keep my eye out on her. And actually, Claire and I have only seen up to episode two of season four, so I can't wait to continue watching the show just to see what amazing things she does, Reve. So for me, my hottie this season will be an actual German. He is a model and a fitness trainer. And his name is Benjamin Bruning on Instagram. He's really attractive. He's one of those guys that it's like, sometimes he's just like too beautiful to look at. He has such a wonderful smile. I'm not sure how old he is. I've tried to look it up. He has to be in his 20s, but he travels a lot, posts a lot of like wonderful travel content. He also posts like a lot of like inspirational messages, which is great to hear from someone like that. But yeah, his smile will just pull you in. Benjamin Burning is my hottie of the season. I'll send you pictures later.
1: Oh yeah, I I want to see that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, Kat, shall we wrap it up? Yeah. To our awesome, amazing listeners, thank you so much for listening to us. If you'd like to write us, send us an email at alterlovepodcasts at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Alter Love Pod. On Instagram, we can be found at Alter Love Podcast. Whatever podcast app you're listening to us on, please rate and review us. Give us five stars if you feel like we're deserving. And yeah, thank you, Kat, so much for coming on. Please spend a few moments to just talk about your website some more, where people can find you. Let us know.
1: First of all, I was really glad to do this episode with you. I'm really happy to be here. And yeah, well, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram. It's both Olive Scam with three L's. It's important. And now it's the same for the website. So you can just type out of scam in Google and it will show up. It's not that complicated. But if you're looking for it, you can find it in my bio, on Twitter, on Instagram, even on Facebook. Like I have a page, but it's not really active, but it's there. If you write Mm -hmm. out of scam, you will find it. And feel free to DM me if you have questions, comments, if you want me to do some changes on the website, feel free to message me and I will always be glad to answer you.
0: Definitely. Kat is like one of the friendliest people I've come across in this fandom. On her Instagram, she has a link tree and one of the links is to her coffee. So people, donate to her, support her. This is not her job. She's doing this because she loves the fandom that much and is providing this invaluable like a resource to all of us.
1: Thank you so much for the shout out of my coffee. I mean, it means a lot. Every donation means a lot to me because as I said, it's not my job, but I spent more time doing scam stuff than doing personal stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it really means a lot to me, all that support. And I'm always so thankful for all the love I get. Uh, this community is the best.
0: Truly, truly is the best because, you know, everything is love, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So again, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening to us. As always, Alt Air Love. Love. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you, Kat. Bye.